of the Living Geek. Hello and welcome to Vampow TV, your one-stop recap for superheroes. We are back from the holiday break. I've had four Christmases and that was three and a half too many. I'm your host, <laughs> Kenneth, and around the table we have Monica. Hello, I, I only had... Three Christmases. That's not enough. You that's need more. Thirty-three well, percent more two, Christmas. I had one Christmas Eve and two Christmas days. Okay, that's fair. One of them was brunch, so it's kind of worth. Yeah, mm-hmm. touche, touche. And Beatrice. I did not see any of my family members for Christmas, that so glorious. that was both a positive and a negative. She's so. a Christmas orphan. It's true. Womp womp. I didn't take her to any of my family stuff too. I just left her home alone in the dark. Wow. Just yeah, <laughs> straight up orphan. Like turned electricity so. off before <laughs> yeah. you left yeah. the house. She had to beg me for food before I left. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> just sit in the dark. In front of a fire. I started a fire in Monica's bed. So it was God right. damn it. That's, that's I fair. knew that was you. <laughs> Fuck. Though it keeps me warm at night. So. Yeah. Fine. Wow. Honestly, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be impressed it's still burning at this point. Like, <laughs> Hey, that's what happens. I may not be a Boy Scout, but it doesn't mean I'm not good at fire. Plus, we own a lot of stuff made of acrylic, so it just burns forever. <laughs> nice. Forever. Okay. We may probably have lung cancer at this point, but at least we're warm. Yeah. Get that good old black lung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't have to pay for heat, so saving ourselves some money. All good plans. Okay. So what did we talk about this week? Is black lung racist if we're going to talk about Luke Cage? No. It's <laughs> it, it wasn't. But Coal miners think... are mostly white people. <laughs> probably, I'm like, so funny. Every time I hear black lung, I just think of Zoolander. And... Oh, see, I never saw that. I oh, saw that man. once. I did not enjoy it. So anytime. I so I never movie. think of Zoolander, actually. It's Nimana. a delight. Is it? I love it so. It's completely ridiculous, and I love. I it. I know that the gas station uh, scene, the gas station. Oh yeah, I've fight, seen that on like Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking Jackie, it murders Jackie every time. <laughs> she thinks it's hilarious. It is hilarious. All right, I just can't handle movies that are basically about people being really stupid. They're really stupid. Yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. They they have a walk off, and it makes me so happy because I just like to think that somewhere in this world, there's like an underground modeling scene that has like basement walk-offs why why would that be because that'd be amazing would it yes like we have different definitions it's like dodgeball like i like it also loves modeling dodge a ball no if you can dodge a race you can (laughs) dodge a ball so have to remember the five d's of dodgeball duck dive dodge something and dodge dodge duck dive dip and dodge dip Dodge, duck, dive, dip, and dodge. I have not seen that movie either. Oh my! That one's actually good. I won't lie to you. I yeah. do like that one a lot. It's a lot of fun. That one's pretty good. Um, Alan Tudyk is in it. He thinks he's a pirate. Well, I do love Alan Tudyk. Yeah. All right, guys, let's talk okay. about Luke Cage. Luke Cage. We're here Alan for Alan Tudyk. Not in this. No, no. no not in this. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of white people. In he's this. way too white to be in this. Extremely white. He is a ginger, so he is technically a minority. Yeah, ginger. <laughs> according let's to Kenneth's rules. Yeah, according to Kenneth's rules, that's not a real rule. And ginger washing. No. Ginger erasure. Yes, oh there we go. If it was ginger washing, that yeah, would be that would good. Be, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Just gingers as far as the eye could see. Holy God. Terrible. Oh, my God. It's the soulless army. You have a problem. <laughs> anyway, Luke Cage, episodes four through seven. We're here. We're doing it. Yes, we talked about some. There's some good stuff that happens in this one. Yeah, these four episodes. Four is this one a delight. <laughs> this four hour episode. <laughs> one four hour this episode. mega episode of Cage. I love that we got to go back to his time in Seagate Prison because I fell in love hard with his um, giant Afro. fro. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so it fluffy. It was so fluffy. I've we just actually... spent the entire time just wanting to touch it. Yeah. We were just like, can you just, I just want to, I just want to bounce my hand on it. Well, that, I mean, that's apparently not all you wanted. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that? Because it's very embarrassing for me. Like, Which is why my face is turning red and my heart started beating faster almost instantly. Monica put a very dirty tweet. Look, on uh, Twitter, it was All a private conversation this. that That's we were having together. Not how Twitter works. That I thought was funny, so I thought I would throw it up on Twitter as like, "Hey, look how funny my roommate and I are." <laughs> and then Raphael Sadiq, who is on the soundtrack of this show and was in an episode, favorited it. You guys, it was so gross. <laughs> it was really inappropriate, and he should not have been even seeing it let alone favoriting it for like later that's just how he rolls so like, dear Raphael Sadiq if you are listening to this oh, I adore this. you for favoriting her tweet because it was really funny <laughs> I like I like lost my mind I stood up from our kitchen table backed away from it to a corner and then just stood there in the corner <laughs> that is amazing it's been a very embarrassing week for Monica <laughs> Raphael Sadiq, go write some new music, bro. Don't favorite disgusting <laughs> tweets from women about Luke Cage's penis. So we loved his hair and his beard. Um, I like that it just got 
progressively larger. Yes. <laughs> like the hair was, it was fine. It was neat. And then by the end of it, it just was like crazy, like homeless, like levels of insanity. Well, he, he had that scene where he's in the ring and he's fighting and it's like French braided. It was French braided. That was so funny. I looked over and I was, my mom did that for me when I was in high school. Really when you were cute. underground boxing also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you think nice. I paid for college? That's fair. <laughs> underground fight ring. I got that tattoo like, uh, like Pam. Pam. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's either underground fight ring or cam girl. Like, those are your two options. So is, I did both. I went with Surprisingly enough. I, I actually yeah. did both. You just have to hide the bruises. From oh, the cam- no, I so, found, I, I found a special niche. Yeah, no, yeah. There's, found there's a, niche. a fetish for it. I found a niche. Fat chicks with bruises. That was yeah. my uh, cam girl niche. <laughs> Will not do feet stuff. <laughs> Hard there's pass. There's one rule. <laughs> That's the only rule. It's the only rule. We'll do windows. Straight up. Will not do feet. We'll do Wait. pretty much anything. Windows? You know, no, never mind. I just want, no, no, no. I do, what I do what is know. it? It's enlighten our friend Kenneth. Oh no, just that. That's just a common joke about how you won't do windows. Yeah, it's so. not a euphemism, bro. Oh, <laughs> it's cute. I, that I you was think it think, was. Like... It's you because people are like, oh, I'll do, I clean this, this, and this, and I vacuum, but I don't do, I don't windows. do windows. That's like the line. Uh... So she's saying, "We'll do windows, no feet, no feet." Okay. I think sexy. I actually you want to do like window. washing windows. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's such a visceral difference. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. and after. you can see it. It's like vacuuming. You can see. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, Raphael Sadiq is a pervert. <laughs> but I was I was saying that I love how we see his hair braided, and then it's it's it must be that he has taken the braid out because it's after even that crazier is when it's the fluffiest. Yes, mm-hmm. and his beard was great. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me watching this um, background prison part just because um, we've already seen it, and so knowing who what is her name Riva, knowing who Riva turns out to be, it's tough for me watching him fall for her because like. I know what's going to happen. She evil. Well, I don't know. If she, I, she's I would not say evil. she's evil, but she she is complicit with the underground fight ring oh, and the okay. abuse of the prisoners. Yeah, she knows all about it while she's pretending like it's not going on and she's doing nothing to protect them. Well, it makes me feel bad because we've seen Luke in the present and the way that he talks about her and how it's hurtful. How he how much he loves her, how how much of his heart is taken up by memories of her. Well, and how important she was to him mm-hmm. to keeping himself together and we we get we got to see how how much she mattered to him in jessica jones and Mm -hmm. how it was really a stumbling block for his relationship with jess was how important reva was to him and how much his loss shook her well also that just killed her her. you know but yeah but yeah so to to see this and we've only heard his perspective and so then we get to see a more unbiased perspective Mm -hmm. and we see how into her he is but then we know that she's complicit in this prisoner abuse, which puts a completely different light on their relationship. Mm-hmm. See, I kind of like that, though, just because it, she was basically a perfect person in his mind and how she was initially presented. And it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to have, you know, his go-to big love of his life be this very no. morally kind of corrupt person. Absolutely. From that point, I do enjoy it greatly. I love that this woman who, because women are always like these paragons in the background of mm-hmm. men and like, mm-hmm. that's what they were saying about her. And we find out later that like, nope, she is not that. And so like, I do like that just because women like men are all different. Life is a rich tapestry. Um, but it was just hard to watch as a fan of Luke watch her manipulate him like that knowing uh-huh. he's pure and loves this idea he has of her and she's a jerk but like it's good to see women doing different things oh yeah I, i'm always excited to see women get to be as morally gray as men because there's there's an idea that women have to be good or evil well that that women have to be likable that that in a way that oh, men yeah. never have to that mm-hmm. that a, a female character has, has to be, established. be well has to be has to be likable to the audience whereas you have plenty of of men who sherlock who are completely unlikable but are still embraced by the audience what the fuck i don't know throwing shade over here (laughs) god damn it's look it's been a couple weeks and i haven't really gotten you irritated in a while so but we we don't have to men don't have to be established as likable in any way i mean you just assume they are likable even if they're dicks yeah, that I would say that um, when we introduce the character of Claire on on Daredevil, or when we introduce, I would say Jessica gets away with being completely unlikable, but um, while still being likable. Yes, that we like her, but she's a dick. She's yeah. not a she's she yeah. at times she is a terrible friend. She's completely unreliable. She's very selfish. Um, but so which is one of the reasons why I like that show so much is that she doesn't have to be likable at all times. Mm-hmm. Hey, leader. 
I like when he escaped and <laughs> looked like Power Man. Yes! I was so he happy. he crawls out of that tub and he's wearing the tiara. Oh my God. And, and they like found that yellow shirt and I'm like, well, that was for this you, show's Kenneth. great. That was yes. I'm so happy. Pure audience pandering. I, I wish he'd it. had like two more episodes of wearing that. But here we are. Bro, it's no. 2016, and he's oh, a very I, large black man. He's I not know. wandering around in a tiara. So I'll so say it, it would be great. In the current comics run, they have swung back around to... He doesn't wear the tiara. He wears a more goldenrod colored dress shirt with mm-hmm. like dress pants. Wasn't he... Didn't he used to wear like a goldenrod colored t-shirt? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that because it, it, he it makes him look professional. He's more of a leader in the. But it's still the, the yellow community. shirt. It's still a yellow shirt. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice callback. Mm-hmm. Oh man, um, if we can skip ahead, I I love the episode seven where we get the flashbacks to Mama Mabel and we get to see teenage um, Cottonmouth and, and Mariah. Mariah. Yeah, my God, that was a pretty that was a pretty hardcore episode, and Luke mm-hmm. was not in it. Oh at yeah, all. which I on, it was I, nice. I really like. They're just like you know what it's. We know he is the main character, but right, not right. the only character. Well, and mm-hmm. I really liked it just because straight up, Cottonmouth and Mariah are great villains. Because, mm-hmm. like, Mariah, you're not even that sure if she is a villain. Like, she's dirty, but, like, she's not a bad person. She's not outwardly. I mean, well, I, think I guess if you're she's an accomplice. Building your thing off of dirty running money. and yeah, gun right. running. So they're both like... really interesting bad guys. In yeah. that, like, Cottonmouth, I think, is one of the more interesting bad guys we've gotten in a really long time just because he's so charismatic and. Um, he's he's just very like smooth, and you don't even remember he's evil till he does something crazy. Yeah, beats the shit out or of or throws yeah. that dude off the roof uh-huh. of the oh, thing. Like, yeah, like, he or he shot that dude right in the throat. Right in, his in office. the like it's his own person. And he just shot that like so you forget because he's so charming and well spoken mm-hmm. and elegantly dressed, and he runs a club, and he's just trying to be a businessman, and then he like does something nuts. So it was good to see like their background and where they came from. Well, I like I like the dichotomy of the two of them of Cottonmouth and Mariah and how they are two sides of the the coin when we're talking about I guess villains who are black. You know that that he's all about the power and she's all about the community, mm-hmm. but they're both they're both completely okay with being how unethical. Yeah. yeah, the ends definitely justify the means, yeah. but they're they're so different in them. I mean, Cottonmouth, I mean, you could draw parallels between Cottonmouth and Kingpin. Yeah. But I feel like... Well, they both had almost the same background. Very They both similar, grew yeah. up kind of in a poor area. They both had parents who weren't that ethically cool. Mm-hmm. Um, both of their families were violent. Uh, it's just interesting. I mean, they're... Yeah. No. So I, I, I feel like, for me, um, Kingpin is, is such a, a contained... A, well, basically a container of rage oh, that yeah. you feel like he is like the Hulk always angry. Yeah. Cottonmouth is not. No. Mariah is so, the container of yes, rage. Mariah is our <laughs> container of rage. I think Cottonmouth has a rage inside of him, but for him to be really angry, it kind of takes a lot. And what mm-hmm. he's actually angry about isn't business based or his standing in the community based. It's mm-hmm. the life he could have had, which is what we figure so it, out. It's in more, this. more about regret than anything else. Right. Right. Um, it was hard just to watch. Mama Mabel is in charge of these two teens. One who very obviously is not into the things that she is doing. Yeah. And one who she won't let in, but is very obviously good at it. Just like, be- because she's a girl, because which makes she's no a girl sense and she to has me. to go to school because mm-hmm. Mama Mabel is a girl. Like I don't get it. Like Mariah is standing there going, "Let me help you. Like I could be good at this. I already am there with you." And Cottonmouth is fighting tooth and nail to stay out of it. And it's just that idea of back then, the amount of internalized misogyny that even women have. Because I feel like if Mama Mabel's husband was still alive, she wouldn't be involved at all. No. Because he's a man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was just tough to watch. I feel bad for Cottonmouth and I feel bad for Mariah, too. Like, it's good that Mariah was able to go to school and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But how different would both of their lives be if Mariah could have been the kingpin that Mama Mabel was? Yeah. Instead of forcing Cottonmouth into this mold that he very obviously did not want and does not fit. Well, I like yeah. to think that if they each had more free reign in their decisions, they would have ended up in basically the same place. Just but flipped. switched. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine yeah. like Cottonmouth, the politician with all that smooth charisma and glad handing and his ability to calm down and escalate situations. And then Mariah with that basket of rage she carries around <laughs> with her, just like taking care of the streets. Ugh, I want that show. That'd be great. Also, Uncle Pete's the worst. Yes. Oh my God. I'm glad that guy's dead. Yeah. I'm like, just dis- here's the thing. 
I'm a little disappointed. I feel like Mama and Mabel knew it was going on. No, she did because that's she why did she know. sent. She knew, and that's why she sent her away. Mm-hmm. So she said she'd send her away. But every time she came home, Mariah was in danger. She knew what Uncle Pete was, and it took Uncle Pete betraying Mama Mabel and like the family for Mama Mabel to get rid of him instead of Uncle Pete diddling his own niece. So yeah, it's totally fine for him to continue to to rape his underage niece, but. The, yeah, the the straw that broke the camel's back was he, he does drugs. drugs with the Latinos. Like, come on, Mama Mabel. Have yeah, have more respect for this girl who's supposed to be under your care. Yeah, well, it's that misogyny thing. Like, what matters more is the family, and she, you know, if she gets her out of the way of it ninety percent of the time, like she, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's well, just a problem every now and again. So eh, yeah, it's so, a big well, problem. And I feel like thing. that of of Mama Mabel dismissing this and making it not a problem or making it Mariah's problem yeah. is what. Where it built comes up from in Cottonmouth. Yeah, yeah, what what built up and what made her kill Cottonmouth? Yo, I remember the first time we were watching that, and Cottonmouth said to her, "You were asking for it. You oh wanted god, it." Oh my god, dude! I, I got like, so pissed. Oh my god, our whole, rage our whole living room was just high pitched screaming because we were like, "What the?" F-? And I loved Mariah's reaction. Like she she dealt she with that problem. Beat him to death. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, hey, America, huh, this is the rage women who have been assaulted and raped carry around inside of them. Stop telling us or them it is their fault. That yeah. was very satisfying for me. I oh, love yeah. Cottonmouth, but watching Mariah beat him to death for that bullshit and not oh, yeah. taking her seriously was... No. Oh, how dare you? How Just dare like, you? how dare you? Yeah. And he knows what she went through, like... He was there. He had Though to know. He still valued Uncle Pete because Uncle Pete was nice to him. Mm-hmm. Look, if Uncle Pete had been diddling you, you wouldn't be happy about it. Anyway, I was kind of shocked he died halfway through the oh, season. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like oh, what? Uh, okay, then. All right. I liked him. But, like, also that was great. <laughs> I, I'm with Shades where I'm like, hey, let Mariah turn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, this is the first episode where I really start shipping Shades and Mariah. <laughs> when he, like, shows up in her house in the... Not that, in episode six, at the end of episode six, when she kicks that news crew out, and Shades like shows up, and they're all like close talking and flirty, and I'm all, oh, good lord, mm-hmm. my god, I'm oh yeah, saying to you, oh yeah, they're boning. That reminds me, complete aside, uh, my sister found this game that I think we need to play. The slash game, yeah, oh yeah, it, that's old news, but uh, yes, thank yeah, you for we sharing. Play that. Well, we gotta get it first. Okay, do that thing. All right, and I'll play it with you, and I'll have better ships. I'll have all the best ships. You might even call me an admiral. Oh, bro. Oh, so Get many out. Ships. Bro, it's it's pretty cute how you think you'd be better <laughs> at that than the, the two of us. This mm-hmm. is what we do. Mm-hmm. I'm reading three fix right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> like right now. That's, I got an implant wow, in my brain. And, um, yeah. yeah, you heard you heard of that Google Glass. I got Google Eyeball. Yep. So I can just be reading it's, fic it's all, all the time. Day. I, I thought you were just kind of staring off into the distance. No, this one eye that just like peels off sometimes. I'm reading fan fiction. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. I definitely confused Monica because I was telling her about a fic, but I think she misheard the beginning of my sentence and she thought I was talking about something that had actually happened in a Marvel comic. True. <laughs> she got very confused. She was talking about... <laughs> One of our favorite tropes in Captain America fan fiction is that um, before he became Captain America, like before he got the serum, Tiny Steve Rogers had a really big dick. So that after so he got the serum, he got, got the bigger, serum, it was just the proportional. Dick was just proportional. Like that's one of our favorite. <laughs> Your face. I want to go home. <laughs> that was our, so she turns to me. And it's, she goes, it's a pretty popular trope. That it just, it's yeah. throughout fandom. So she turns to me and she goes, yo, I was reading this thing. And she's been reading comics all day. So, like, it's fine. I'm not an idiot. So she goes, I've been reading this thing. And, like, you know that trope? And in this one, his dick is, like, smaller. And I went, in the comic? (laughs) They talked about his penis size? Look, Marvel knows what their audience wants. (laughs) And then for, like, five minutes we were giggling trying to figure out how that conversation would come across in Marvel comics. Because let me tell you right now, there's no way that Tony never asked Steve that question. Tony definitely asked him that question. Especially with the number of times that Steve has been de-serumed in comics canon. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Yeah. Anyway, that's our little (laughs) aside. Steve Rogers, big dick. dick when uh, he became a werewolf? Bigger dick. Damn. Oh, no. It's that thing I hate in Teen Wolf fandom. (laughs) Wait, what? There's a trope I hate in Teen Wolf fandom that involves how, like, werewolves mate or whatever so that they have have a knot in their dick. Oh, man. (laughs) It super grosses me out because all I can think about is, like, dogs fucking. (laughs) Werewolf Steve with a knotted dick. (laughs) Terrible. I'm going to find some. (laughs) Okay, let's, uh, so, episode So, this is what you instigated. 
I have so many regrets. Okay, so five, five is five the one? This is why I don't let my family listen to BAM. <laughs> I, I will tell them about Retrofecta, and that's it. Because it's just you and Kurt. It's no nonsense. Yeah. We or it's done. nonsense that moms can listen to. Yeah, basically. Five is the one where, like, <laughs> the whole community comes to him and is like, you got to fix this shit, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, and then he has his... Uh, you know, maybe maybe slightly calling Cottonmouth out in in the church. Slightly, itty bitty slightly. Bit. Little bit, little he bit. straight up pissed on him <laughs> in front of people. That's well, someone's fetish, I'm sure. That's cool. Oh yeah, we that don't exist. King shame here. Mm-mm. I like when yeah. he left the barber shop. He left the barber shop to go like fix the ring thing, mm-hmm. and then, like nine people as he's walking, like, what about this? He's like, I'm on it. What about this? And he took mine. Blah blah. He's like, I'm on it. I don't know. I really like that. He's all dressed up, wearing his nice suit. I was stressed out because he just got that suit, and then he goes out to like beat up people in it. And I'm like, you're pretty. And then it got shirt full of bullet holes. Like, shut up. I love that girl though, the daughter of the baseball player. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. How she sure have shot that guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's. I, I like how there's no bones made about the fact that her her dad is like straight up an alcoholic. Yes. And so she, she says, well, you know, it, it would mean a lot to him if he wasn't, you know, so deep in the bag. But that it's such a, a good reminder of the person he used to be and the dad that she was yeah, proud that she's of. Yeah, like, someone has to protect his legacy. Mm-hmm. Other people may not care as much, but he was part of a thing that happened in America that's important. Mm-hmm. I also like, I like when he shows up at Cotton Mouse Club and he goes, do you guys remember me from, from, from when I hit your Fort Knox or whatever? And then like half of them leave. <laughs> like, I'm not doing yeah. this again. Oh, yeah. zip. There's doing your job, and then there's basically murdering yourself. I like that guy who got shot. He's going. He's like, I'm going back to Georgia. <laughs> New York is fucked up. Zip, going back to Hell's Kitchen. That's not Zip. That's, That's the other guy. Racist. Oh. Turk? Turk. Turk. That's who I'm thinking about. Terrible. Well, Harlem, Bama. word I won't say, are too crazy for him. Yeah. <laughs> People. Bros. Harlem bros. Harlem bros. Harlem okay. bros. Too that crazy works. for Turk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This episode, he... You didn't like it? I liked watching him wander around fixing stuff. It it was weird that he suddenly very overtly came out with his powers to basically the entirety of Harlem. Well, he just got blown up by a bazooka and made it, so I feel like he'd already been outed. Oh, sure. Yeah, the cat was kind of out of the bag at yeah, that Yeah, you point. can't put the cat back in the bag. That's the point of the saying. Is like, the cat's <laughs> out of the bag, so you can't. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Ghostbusters. Thank you! Up top! <gasps> No, they want you to put the cat back in the bag. <laughs> right, but it's already out of the bag. You can't put it back in the bag. Terrible. Yes. So that, for me, I liked that a lot. I like seeing him actively engage with the neighborhood. Well, and like to be proud of his powers and to be out with them and to take responsibility the way that he should have been doing this whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, and then seeing, seeing the beginnings of the Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Of, I'm, I'm not a hero. I'm, I'm not a hero. Pay me. Yeah. That is like one of my favorite lines from that whole show. Uh, also, keep my name out your mouth. That, I I say that about a lot of stuff now. Like, I, people will uh, keep that name out of your mouth. Like, I, I say it a lot and I probably shouldn't, but I love it a thousand. <laughs> my God. Yeah. You didn't yeah. like it? I said it was kind of slow and boring and Mariah wasn't in it. <laughs> That's true. And Misty wasn't really in it. And, eh. I'm actually I'm kind of bummed out. This is the beginning of um, annoying Misty for me. Oh man, Misty going cray cray. Not cray cray. Just she gets real weird, and it's like she's not the character she was in the beginning, where uh-huh. she just thinks Luke is a murderer, and like she loses her mind a little about it. And I'm like Misty. Yeah, yeah. she gets c- pretty one track. Yeah, yeah. It's like you need to be cool, and I don't know, go after someone else. Basically, yeah. mm-hmm. it was cool watching him run around the city with. Um, Claire and Scarf, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crawled through that van. <laughs> I don't care about the van, but if you ding up my daughter, I will kill you. Mom's mm-hmm. man, don't fuck around. No. I like Scarf. Like, he was He's terrible, dirty. dirty. He's not a bad dirty guy. As fuck, but, yeah. like, he was Well, fun. he didn't murder that kid. I guess he is a bad guy. Okay. Yes. That, yes. I forgot about that. So, he, he's kind of a bad guy, but... He's fun. He's, yeah, he's still fun. enjoyable to yeah. watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When... Oh, and we introduced the uh, the Judas Bullets. Which Monica is not in favor of. Was that? I, it was seven. It was the end of seven. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have about 17 problems <laughs> with that. They have little drills on them. Oh, God. I fucking I know how it works. I I'm going like to say some... this wrong. It's, a, it's one of those deus ex machina things that I like. Once you introduce this idea into the universe, right? Into the MCU. You can't unintroduce it. It's the cat bag situation. Like... If this bullet made of Chitari metal, which is how I'm to believe it yeah, can go through Luke, fine, fine. 
I accept your premise. If I'm to believe that this bullet exists and can go through Luke, it can go through anyone. If it can go through Luke, it can go through Iron Man. It can go through the Hulk. It can go through Cap. It can go through Bucky's arm. It can go through Thor. So basically, they've invented a thing that can kill any superhero we have, and it's too powerful. Like, I just feel like... Now, anytime we get a villain in any movie or TV show and they're trying to figure out ways to take out, like, their personal hero, how are we going to kill Iron Man this time? Judas Bullets! Mm -hmm. They're at Hammers! They're in storage! Just go get them! It's one of those things, I mean, you can't can't unring that bell. And and I know that they're, I mean, spoilers, Mm -hmm. but, like, they'll eventually roll it back and dial it back. But if... If you're telling me that how they did it was by sciencing Chitauri metal, there's no way more doesn't exist in the universe and that other scientists can't figure this out. If Justin Hammer's company, without Justin <laughs> Hammer there, which I assume is a better company. But still, still, I figure they get more stuff done at this yeah. point. If they can figure this out, like B pointed out that when we were doing cleanup after Avengers, S.H.I.E.L.D. was still infiltrated by Hydra. So yeah. who knows how many Baron Von fuckfaces... <laughs> Have pieces of Chitauri metal that are turning into weapons because it can drill through anything. Yeah, so it can it'll it'll burn right through Cap's shield. It'll go through Iron Man. So. Who says it can't go through Black Panther's suit, which is made of vibranium? Like you know what I mean? Like it's just if it can go through Luke, it can go through the planet. Like I have a real problem with this idea. And they tried to dial it back in the show, and they made it so like it was never shown on television, so nobody knows about it. Mm-hmm. But Hammer knows about it. Shield slash Hydra knows about it. And so they've introduced this thing that is just untenable. Yeah. Now. You know? Yeah, because there's 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 no cap on it. There's no there's no antidote for it. It's just it's too big. Like I was telling her about in the books that we write read, the Ancillary Marcy series, there's that bullet that will go through all Radchai things, but it only goes through it for a meter and a one point one one meters or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at least there's a cap, but like this thing I mean, that's still enough to go through <laughs> any one person. No, I know, because a meter is quite a long distance. But I'm just saying, like, there's no cap to Judas Bullets. They now exist. They can go through Luke, so they can go through anything. Well, I mean, we don't know that they would go through vibranium as a thing, because that absorbs all kinetic energy. So it could be one that hits Cap Shield or Black Panther's outfit. It has a drill. Yeah, but a drill's not going to do anything if it has no forward momentum. It would just sit there spinning in midair and then fall that depends on what kind of drill it is if it's got some sort of bite on the end like a drill bit once it catches in the shield the even if it accepts or sucks away all kinetic energy once it catches and spins because it's on like a a screwy thing it'll screw into the shield i mean not if it doesn't have any more angular momentum i mean maybe but like I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know, I don't know this. I don't. Know, I don't know enough about the, the comic book the science. The science of it is rough because we don't have enough information. But I'm just saying, either Luke's skin is impenetrable or not. And if it's penetrable by Chitari metal, and he almost died, anyone is in danger. And that's just like. But I mean, that's you're you're making a lot of assumptions that because that could be the same. Maybe that's essentially the equivalent of his kryptonite. You know, everything like it only off. affects him maybe the process that he went through like well no i mean i assume like if someone shot me with a chitari bullet my entire torso would explode well but maybe the the process he went through for some reason because it wasn't a tested process it was just a rad check or whatever like fucking with the levers the the i don't know the vibration that chitari metal frequencies at it only affects his personal frequency like since his his um you know the way they explain why his skin is so tough is because it like goops together in a specific way like that helps vibrate it apart or something and except that uh, it went through that dude wearing kevlar a knife can go through kevlar that's not impressive no he was wearing one that it was like a straight up armored like chest piece it wasn't even it was like it had metal oh yeah well i'm saying like it's gonna go through most normal things but just because it goes through luke cage I, I don't think it's a fair assumption to say it would then go through the Hulk or Iron Man. Why not? I, because we have no evidence that it would. Like, they they would have to show me that this is something that could happen. Otherwise, I personally am going to assume it's a kryptonite style. And I, that, that's just me, but... I guess I don't understand that assumption just because, like, if it... It's like saying, <laughs> I won't believe that a bullet can go through this specific wall... Even if I've seen a bullet go through other walls that are similar, because I haven't seen it. When you see a bullet go through a wall; it's it's a safe assumption to say it well, can go through all walls. Well, because well, you have like you have 
concrete walls. You have stucco walls. You have walls made out of like eight inches of steel. All I'm saying is, like, Luke's... who knows why Luke Cage's skin is that way and the Hulk's is a different way? You know, they it could be completely different reactions that achieve well, that. Okay, point. so but you're assuming I feel that like... the bullet runs at a weird frequency. They never said that. They never said it runs at a different frequency. They just said it's made out of a different kind of metal. So I'm you're just, jumping to assumptions in I'm a different. Well, I think the, the problem is is that we're introducing two different kinds of comic book magic here. That we're introducing these these bullets that we say can go go through anything because of a non-existent metal Mm -hmm. so we don't really understand how that works we don't really understand how luke's skin works and we've seen those two components but we haven't necessarily seen how the chitauri metal would act against vibranium Mm -hmm. so i guess if they wanted to say that the the vibranium would stop even the chitauri metal in a way that luke's skin couldn't i guess i would accept that but it looks it i'd be totally fine with it <laughs> but I don't know. It it felt very big. Oh for sure, them to sure. That. It, I mean, it's a huge power ramp out well, of kind mm-hmm. of nowhere. Also out of nowhere, and then also on one of the TV shows that doesn't really affect the MCU. Like the only stuff that's really affected the MCU is like the Shield Hydra thing in Cap Two affected Agents of Shield, but well, nothing in Agents of Shield has affected the MCU. On the mountain of poop. <laughs> Uh, all of the movies are at the top, and everything rolls down to the TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing has ever rolled up to the movies. Right, but my problem is, this is such a big thing, it doesn't make sense for it not to roll up to the movies. Uh, Justin the mo- Hammer was in the films. Don't give a fuck. Justin They're Hammer just was in the films. It. This is a bullet that can take out, theoretically, every Avenger. The, Why yeah, wouldn't the- it? Roll up. I would say, yeah. In in theory, this bullet could work on on any Avenger. I would have to. Um, you don't have to see it, I guess. That, but like the yeah. theory is testable. Well, and I mean, in theory, thousands of people going through Terragenesis would be something that Iron Man would be looking into. We but... haven't seen an Iron Man movie since Terragenesis, though. Well, we haven't seen blah 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 since these bullets showed up. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I don't know when movies came out related to this show. Only so. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Oh, and no one shot him with that bullet, did they? Oh, God. You know why? Because he could magic it. Oh, God. Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be crazy, I can't have a discussion with you. It's Okay, so it's it's tough because we're trying to apply logic. And, and the a logic comics. that applies to me, yes. But, like, comics are 90% magic. So And yes. nonsense. And nonsense. Nonsense, science, and magic. Like, time bullets. And Werewolfism. Oh Werewolves. Bullets. I don't know. I, Clones. I still- to, to take it one step more with the kryptonite analogy, like I, I think another extension of that would be if you have a kryptonite bullet and you shoot Superman with it, mm-hmm. it sucks. He's in a world of pain. You shoot Guardian with a shield and he can just block it because, you know, it's basically you a know green that? rock. Yeah. Do you it, know like, that for sure? Like what if the frequency <laughs> of kryptonite can alternately affect whatever his shield is made out of? Sense. Oh! <laughs> No, because kryptonite is all about radiation that specifically it's affects about vibration. It's not yeah. about vibrations. Everything has its own frequency and everything vibrates at its own frequency. Hey, For all hey. we know, green kryptonite and whatever Guardian Shield is made of vibrate at the same frequency. I'm, I'm a Kenneth. I know all about the frequency. Okay. Oh, my Booyah. God. Booyah. Anyway, um, yeah, so that, that's the way I look at it. As, you know, it's like regular walls can stop kryptonite bullets. Because Superman is hid behind just regular concrete walls. But isn't <laughs> it? Them. Hasn't it been proven in the comics that Luke's skin is tougher than Iron Man's suit? Like Iron Man, like Luke and Iron Man could stand next to each other, and shit that would oh, yeah. dent and Iron Man's suit is going to have no effect on Luke. Which is why I, and you know, this is again just me spitballing. Right. Why I personally think that those bullets were somehow created as a way to specifically fuck over Luke Cage. Okay, well then, what I need is I need the goddamn gun to show up in another show or in a film and not work at all. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, fine, you can have your special Luke Cage bullets. That's cool. Like, accidentally, they built this stupid bullet, but it only affects one super. Fine. But until that happens, this is a big deal. This changes the way in which superheroes have to defend themselves. Yeah, because I think think if you could could use this to... to, Unbulletproof Luke Cage, who was supposed to be bulletproof, um, that I feel like you you could apply this this special metal to uh, to attack other people in different ways, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that uh, establishing Chitari metal as as something that can take go, out every that, that can go through walls in a way that other metals and other standard bullets cannot. I mm-hmm. feel like that's like it's like adding another 
element to the periodic table. Like we've thrown in an element of chaos yeah. that wasn't there before. And, and even if this specific bullet won't won't work on other people as well as it did on Luke, I feel like we've still established something brand new yeah. here and changed also, the landscape. Like, the Chitari aren't bad enough. Like they have space whales and special like outfits and can fucking have gliding fire things, but also their metal is the most dangerous thing we've ever mm-hmm. had on our planet. Like Come on! It's I mean, like when the it's like when the goddamn kaiju could fly. You don't get to have a giant body and then also get to fly. I guess well, I, I was assu- I was sorry. sorry. I was going to say that I I was assuming that it wasn't just the metal that they had used the metal and then added something else to like. Make oh yeah, yeah. Well, I assumed, assumed it was yeah. It was it. it was an alloy outside of the bullet and then something mm-hmm. inside of the bullet made the worry noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be fair, like I don't like that they did this. I I think feels that way. Well, no, I, I think if you're going to have... He just likes arguing with you. I, I do just like arguing. Well, I like applying comic book science, which yeah, is ridiculous. Too. I love comic book science. But, like, I, I don't... I, I feel like Luke Cage should fall in the same basic category as Superman, where there shouldn't be a bunch of kryptonite floating around. Superman's whole premise is you can't hurt him, so you have to find other ways to put pressure on him. Like, Luke Cage well, like, should Luke be Cage, bulletproof. He's... Also, my other... One of my 17 problems is Luke Cage is a big deal for America, in that he came around in a time when there were not a lot of black heroes. Mm-hmm. And he came around in a time where there was a lot of violence against black yeah. people, as there fucking is now. And for a large black man who is so, so, he's very dark, very dark, mm-hmm. to be bulletproof in one of the most violent like years for black men is a huge deal. It's a big deal societally and culture-wise. And then seven episodes in, suddenly he gets shot, like, no, he needs to be bulletproof throughout the whole thing. Find a different way to hurt him. Like Mariah said, light him on fire. Can he drown? Like, lay him across train tracks. Maybe that'll do it. Throw him into space. Like, something. But, like, mm. I just, I'm uncomfortable that it's a show created in a very pro-white environment. And then he's this one hero. He's the only bulletproof black guy ever. And then all of a sudden, halfway yeah. through, like. Well, and, well I don't know. Like. The entire, and I, I need to finish the show still. I've only, I think, seen nine now. But, like, I feel like once Diamondback shows up, I'm just like, I just want Cottonmouth back. Like, he was um, no joke, exciting. Diamondback's terrible. Like, <laughs> he's, he's a really just, weird, yeah. like, he's just a crazy person. Yeah. Like he's a, a real let, he's a real letdown after yeah, Cottonmouth. Yeah, it's so crazy, too, because Cottonmouth is, like, he's, like, a nine. Like, Wilson Fisk is a ten, because D'Onofrio was amazing. And then Cottonmouth is, like, a solid eight and a half. And then fucking Diamondback is just this weirdo like nut bar. Yeah, yeah, he's like a four. He's not even, he's not as scary as Cottonmouth. He doesn't have the same presence as Cottonmouth. Yeah, well, because he's just like this nutto. He's a nut with a gun. Like, like, he's Cottonmouth just a, was mm-hmm. enjoyable. And oh, yeah. Cottonmouth is layered and complicated. Basically, yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. got so much good music because of the club and mer. Yeah. And then uh, D'Onofrio. Is that his name? Yep. Uh, showed up in Magnificent Seven. And that was weird. I don't he know had if you've the seen weirdest that. voice. Oh, God. Yeah. So that, weird. That like, weird high-pitched on. minor voice. Yeah. I was like, Vincent, what are you doing? And yeah, that dude was fucking crazy. creepy. <laughs> crazy. It is unfortunate that Diamondback is such a disappointment after Cottonmouth, but I think when they did all the casting for it, they didn't know what they were getting with Mahershala Ali, that he was such a good actor and he just shows up with such presence that mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard to follow that as a bad yeah. guy. Well, just every scene he was in, he just... He stole the show. Yeah. Well, him, I love the pairing of um, him and... Um, Mariah. 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 Mm-hmm. That actress whose name... Alfred Woodard, like... yes. Oh my god, she's amazing. And then the two of them together acting against each other, I just it's so so great. Well, I like mm-hmm. the pairing of them. I like that we got to cast uh, a woman who was, you know, not 25. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that we got to have someone who's a, like an actual adult who's established who I believe to be an established politician. Yeah. She definitely sells herself as being someone who is used to leading a community. Yeah. Yeah, um the the show gets more interesting, but the next villain is not great. <laughs> I was. We were talking about how you injure Luke, and I was remembering there's, uh, there's an, an arc in in New Avengers where Luke ends up with a bullet inside of him because he gets exposed to this like depowering ray. So I feel like there had to be some other way to 
put him in a situation where like we expose him to gamma rays or, or something else that makes him depowered for a hot minute and then mm-hmm. he could get shot see i would almost be more all right if like because they're in harlem and the hulk ran through harlem in incredible hulk so i'd almost be more cool if he like went to the college with that guy who got the stuff dropped on his brain oh and, and have he, a mastermind callback yeah yes. mastermind shit, like dude. shout out and maybe that guy's doing some sort of a test and as he runs a test with gamma radiation, something goes wrong. It hits Luke as he's in some sort of firefight. Like that, I would be more or, all right. Or if with. we had some sort of B plot with um, a, a guy at the at that college who was a scientist or of something and has Luke drink something, mm-hmm. and that's There's, how he poisons and he poisons like him. Fucking gamma bombs, like something, yeah, something. But like, I just I'm so uncomfortable with the existence of this weapon mm-hmm. because I think that it has the ability to change the landscape i know i know that they kind of brush it under the carpet and it won't ever show up in the movies but i think that that's poor plot development and for a universe that's done so well planning itself out and how things will be related i just think it's like a big misstep i i just i don't know i feel like marvel is hitting the point where the mcu is just going full comic book basically so anything can happen and it doesn't apply yeah and it's you have these ramifications that don't spread beyond their individual thing and i don't know man they mentioned the accords and agents of shield like the accords have changed well yeah because agents of shield is the mcu's like little pet project thing but what i'm saying is you're saying that it doesn't it doesn't spread across but i'm saying there's anecdotal evidence that it does I'm, i'm just saying that like this is potentially the start of their universe getting too big to be able to fully wrap into a single cohesive storyline, and they're just hitting full comic. Hmm. Well, did uh, did Luke Cage come out before or after Avengers 2? After. After. Okay. So then, I mean, then we definitely could have included some language from Misty or the other cops about how he's not just a vigilante, he's an unregistered hero, mm-hmm. because we've introduced the Accords at this point. Well, does his stuff... Why? Yep, and that's the core problem with every Civil War. They're mm-hmm. stupid, and I hate them. Okay. Oh, sidebar though. Uh, I really though. like Civil War. Don't get me she's wrong. She's like Civil War. She's into I just, two. I did. She's I just read. Fin- I finished Civil War two. Oh, I need to read that. Which so. I liked a lot. It was very interesting, and I would be interested to see which side you end up on and what your thoughts are on Carol's character in this. Maybe not right now, though. Yeah. Let's no, finish. I'm just, I'm just going to read them right now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Pause. Hold, hold that thought. Go to, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like some, uh... it's, only, it's only nine issues. It'll only yeah. take you ten minutes. NBD, bro. It's fine. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. Anyone have any more thoughts on this arc of the cages? The cages? I'm, I don't know. I'm glad that Claire is here. I'm disappointed that it seems like they're going to bone. Yeah. I don't like the idea that every time Claire meets a hero, she might have sex with them. I mean... She did not bone Jessica. Yeah, which is too bad. Okay, well then, it, not, it either needs to be all heroes or none. Yeah. All or none. No, we need to... Jessica Jones, at season two. Yes. She and Claire need to get down. At least makeouts. Into it. A little over-the-top action. You know what? I'd be fine with Claire hitting on every single superhero if she actually hit on every single mm-hmm. superhero. I'm just saying, like, I am fully in the camp of Luke and Jessica, and so... I'm mad that Jessica hasn't really been mentioned much and she doesn't seem to be remembered by him at Mm -hmm. all. And then I'm also mad that this other girl comes along and suddenly he's like down to go to pound town. I mean, the the problem though is like, he's so hot. Good looking. Come on. Like, can you blame Claire for this? No, I can't blame Claire, but I'm just saying like writing wise. Yeah. No, within the, within the universe, if we view these people as regular humans, then that's, that's fine. I'm disappointed that, Luke is moving on from Jessica because like I'm a shipper but um, it's it's without it's from the outside that I feel like it's dismissive it's not, it's not of Claire's character mm-hmm. that they that that she always has to get involved with a dude that she always has to have a romantic entanglement with the right. lead like the idea that a woman cannot offer up her services and skill set to a hero without also wanting to fuck oh, no, them I, I completely agree and it's throwing the night nurse under the bus basically yeah correct it should be like she hits a point where she's like, you know, these people are doing good work. I'm going to help them. Fuck it. Oh, yeah, I just have my little And I shop. feel like that's what we're doing. That's what her part in the show is going to be. Is yeah. like, mm-hmm. I am going to be this person for these people because someone yeah. needs to back them up. I just would rather if she didn't like romantically entangle yeah, herself with all of them. There. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, that I, I think part of the way in which we, we step away from um, a heteronormative view of 
media and society is by reinforcing the idea that men and women can be friends yeah. without boning. Oh, yeah. Because you establish that and that leads to the idea that, hey, maybe Claire would want to bone Jessica. And that's also not weird and mm-hmm. definitely acceptable. Well, and also, like, how much joy have we gotten in the last couple of years from shows and movies that have had male-female partnerships where there is no dating and there yes. is no romance. Elementary is my main example. Oh, they good. are BFF bros for life, but they will never fall in love and they will yeah. never have sex. But they'll be together forever because you can have a lifelong friend who is an opposite-gendered mm-hmm. person without wanting to fuck them. Um, I have rewatched Kingsman and the lead, the young lead in that, the uh, person Eggie. he's... Yeah, Eggie. Yeah. Eggsy. Eggsy. Yeah. And Roxy are the two characters who make it the furthest and almost become Kingsman. And she's a girl and they're like bros from the beginning because she's the only woman and he's like, he doesn't fit in at all. Yeah. And not once throughout the entire film is there a romantic moment. Like at one point she's going up in the air to like see, shoot down a satellite from space or whatever. And they're holding hands while she's leaving, but it's not romantic. It's more they're bros <laughs> and he's like, hey, you're my only friend right now. Please don't die. And yeah. she's like, I really hate heights. Comfort me kind of a thing. And so I'm just really enjoying this idea that we are more and more having male, female relationships that are not romantic Mm -hmm. so it's just so disappointing to see this especially since she just got away from fucking daredevil like why what well and because after matt murdoch like you know anyone looks good at that you're not wrong that guy is the worst (laughs) i I softballed that up for you thank you i hit it it's right out of the park still going going. going. uh because there's a lot of ideas culturally as well that all intimacy must also be sexual. That you can't be close with someone and and personal with them without automatically making it romantic. Yeah. And and also that, you know, like we talk a lot of we talk a lot on on girls and like in our own relationships about how not all nudity has to be sexual either. That you You can be naked or you can be nude. One is sexiness and one is like you're just not wearing clothes and everybody has those parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um but yeah but the the idea that I think it's it's hardest on men too that we tell men that you can't be intimate or vulnerable with someone unless you are doing that as a way to bone them, mm-hmm. which is so hard because then you guys never get to be intimate or vulnerable except with like the few people you have sex with. Which uh, I feel like come watch Gladiator with me, you'll see vulnerable. <laughs> Yo, I'll watch that with you anytime. <laughs> ugly cry, but no, you're not wrong. It's both. It's a negative effect on both genders. You yeah. should. This is why. It annoys Kurt so much that every time two men are friendly in television, I automatically think that they're fucking on the side because society has told me if you act that way towards someone, you're going to end up yeah. romantically involved. Yeah, there's there's all this because... like story time shorthand. Right. And yeah. that's how it's how lazy writers get their point across. Yeah. But there is just there's no. And honestly, I'm going to go on a limb here. Fast and the Furious is one of the best representations. Yes. Of, of men being vulnerable. Just... Bros, and friends, yes, like broing it up, yes, just lifetime best friends who would yeah. do anything for each other, and they are not having sex, and that's great. It's a great example, mm-hmm. and I wish there was more of that. Like, I would stop shipping every male, male, female, female friendship if we got more of heterosexual people just being friends, and probably if we got more of uh, same-sex couples getting together. Yes, like if I saw all these things more often, if America saw them more often. We wouldn't jump to conclusions. Yeah. Well, we were having an interesting discussion not too long ago about um, in the Supergirl fandom that the the number one like fanfic pairing on AO3 is not Maggie and and Alex because we're getting that in the show. It's canon now. So we don't necessarily need to write as much fanfic about yeah. it. So number one lady fanfic pairing on AO3 now is uh, is Kara and Lena, Lena because that's what we want. Like yeah. It. Yeah. Which I can hell ship. But it's, I always find it interesting what people end up writing the most fanfic about because it's always what's more repressed, what mm-hmm. feels like something that you or that's can't never have. ever going to happen. It's never going to. Yeah. Happen. yeah. Um, when I read Harry Potter fan fiction, it was always Hermione Snape, I which I get on board that I train. take I no. back off. I don't read that. This is when I was young. <laughs> but like in Firefly, it was mm-hmm. Jane River, which I also no longer am into. Nope. I have learned a lot as a <laughs> human person, but. I never really read fan fiction of the characters that were going to end up together. Yeah. 
Because like, why? The show's because gonna give me that. The show's gonna do it, and this is like for the more interesting side of it. See, for me, the I feel like the romance novels I read when I was growing up were always people who started out antagonistic toward That's each other. One of my favorite tropes: like when they hate each other, but not mm-hmm. really. It's like step one, we hate each other. Step two, we, we bone fight all the time, and maybe bone. And then step three, maybe we like each other and go on a date. And, and then, then there's more boning. Then there's more boning. My so, so whenever so I see boning. two characters in a TV show who immediately hate each other, I'm like, I'm they're, like in they're in love. They're in love because that is what I have learned through romance novels and television. So I always get very weirded out when other people don't read the, the body language the same way. They're like, why would you ship them? They hate each other. And I'm like, that's why. <laughs> Y'all need to read more. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, societal shorthands. Straight up, this is like a 200-year-old trope. That's basically Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know. <laughs> I keep waiting for a Barry and Draco to hook up. but God, if you think there isn't fic about that. <laughs> oh, no, I know there is. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a uh, what rule thirty four. Rule thirty four. Like, yeah, if yeah. you can think of it, someone's made porn of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh God, do not. There Dobby some, Hagrid. There are some horrors out there. You see, like crawl up his pee hole. How does that even yeah. work? No, there's That's called sounding. There's, and all, it's gross. there's also fanfic involving the giant squid, which she hates because I hate so much. Oh God, I hate it so I, much. Oh man, tentacle porn. Yeah. Yes. What up, bro? Shit gets everywhere. Oh. Literally She's very shit, thorough. Literally everywhere. Very thorough. I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> Luke Cage. we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> we'll be back next week along with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Hooray. And then... Oh, God. No, I don't want to. It's all robots! fucking robots. Woo! Monica hates robots like I hate tentacles. <laughs> you guys, I hate them so much because they're eventually going to kill us all it's and true. become our overlords. Though I learned from Ancillary Mercy, you just have to be nice to them and treat them with respect. What? That's what I maybe they'll love you. From, uh... Look, they man, you? I'm a good so person. Weird. I'm not going to auto-hate them, but I will like keep a fucking side-eye on them. Mm, I feel like that's profiling. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be crushed under a robot hand. I mean, as we learned from Alex and Ada... You just have to you have to respect them. And then get down. Get down. Yo, I Two tickets let, to Robot Pound Town. If Breck was at all into sex, I would take her to downtown Pound Town. <laughs> Why not like uptown Pound Town? I could do that too. Okay. For uh, Breck. Town Pound all Town. The pound town. <laughs> okay, so we'll be back next week. Three episodes of Luke Cage and one episode of Agents of Shield. With extra robots. No, with what is your problem? Sexy robots with Woo! weird vibrating fingers. Well, yeah, now I'm kind of <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so anyway, thanks for listening. Jesus. We'll see you next week. Same bam time. Same pow channel. Bam pow! Toxins. Somebody, but uh, like whoever wrote the complaint letter likened it to someone opening a can of beer at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And I'm like, I need you to calm down. What is that guy doing? (laughs) Number one on Twitter. Number two, favoring disgusting tweets from disgusting women.